sure uh, all the listeners there will uh, appreciate my sacrifice here. I had to carry my Camelback backpack with microphone and laptop across the Pyrenees <laughs> to bring this daily podcast. So I've literally sweated. Playing the smallest violin in the world here for you again to go across the Pyrenees. <laughs> We're not these... Uh, delicate little flowers that can't handle getting out there and getting stuck in for long. Well, I'm not talking about, talking about me personally. Yeah, Sarah, you didn't want to get up out of bed at 8 a.m. for a gravel ride last week. It's too early. Anthony, question number three. With weather being so unpredictable these days. Jeez, I, you love talking about the weather. <laughs> this is the question in. Welcome to the Roadman Cycling Podcast. My name is Anthony Walsh. Six days a week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey towards health, happiness, and longevity. Now let's get into the show. It's episode 611 of the Roadman Cycling Podcast. It's Friday, it's your favorite day of the week. It's Sarah's back in the hot seas. Let's cue that intro. Before I jump into today's podcast, a little bit of business. I'm super proud to partner with a magazine I absolutely love, Cyclist Magazine, for today's podcast. Cyclist, if you don't know, it's a monthly magazine dedicated to the very best in the road cycling world. Every issue takes you on the best routes and gets you under the skin of the most iconic brands in the world of cycling. From the best bikes and kiss to the best cycling destinations around the UK and Europe and the biggest names in the industry, Cyclist has you covered. Cyclists are offering an introductory offer to new subscribers where you can subscribe and get three issues for only £5. Claim this offer by using the link cyclist.co.uk forward slash roadman. That's cyclist.co.uk forward slash roadman. I'm going to pop all the details for this amazing offer in the show notes. Go and check it out. Roadman, welcome back to another Friday edition of Newbie Questions. Sarah, how's your week been? It's been amazing. Hello over there in Girona, by the way. You having having a great time? Working, working, <laughs> working hard. <laughs> uh, I see. Oh, so you left the bike behind us that you're just concentrating on work. Work, yeah. training, where does the line stop? Where does fun begin and work end? I'm not one to make those distinctions, Sarah. <laughs> I'll leave that to you. It's a tough life, isn't it? What's the weather like over there? It's horrendous here. The second podcast in a row, talking, opening up, talking about the weather. I'm not responding. <laughs> Talk to me about uh, the Vuelta. So it, really exciting news this week. The challenge by La Vuelta is now rebranding. So this is the ladies' version of the men's La Vuelta is the Banya. And it's been running for years, but it's kind of been the poor cousin of Grand Tours as they go, particularly now that the Tour de France and the Giro the Dom, Don, should I say, they've kind of upped their game in the last two in the last year or two. So La Vuelta is getting on board and it is changing the course from five days to seven days to make it more exciting. This race, this kind of stage race came under a lot of fire by the winner last year, Anna-Monique van Vluten, where she basically said that the organisers needed to step their game up. It was only five days and each stage was only on average 96 kilometres and there was no big climbs or anything in it. So she was kind of complaining, saying that they're a long way away from becoming a grand tour. So it's looking like 
next year is the year for this. We don't know what the course is going to be. Uh, it's not been announced until January. So yeah, really exciting times for female racing. I'm always, I don't want to get into the debate now because it's just a long one, but I'm always struck with women's race and why I can get some of the challenges, economic challenges, logistic challenges of not having pay parity. Not that I agree with them, but I can see some of the challenges. I just don't understand why they don't have the races the same distance. I totally agree. It just agree. makes no sense. And it just seems such a low hanging fruit to restore some sort of parity. Yeah, I totally agree. It's completely baffling to me as well. I mean, we're not these... Uh, delicate little flowers that can't handle getting out there and getting stuck in for long. Well, I'm not talking about, talking about me personally. Yeah, Sarah, who didn't want to get up out of bed at 8 a.m. for a gravel ride last week. It's too early. <laughs> the professionals. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think we're moving towards that um, over the next kind of five, 10 years. So hopefully we'll see longer stage races and really some tough climbs. We are seeing them in the Tour de France Femme 2023. There's going to be a lot of really, really interesting days there. Anthony, this week on the podcast, your Founder Series is going so well. I'm enjoying the Founder Series. I don't know if anyone else is enjoying it, but please send me feedback over on Twitter since our Instagram has been hacked. So if anyone works on Instagram, please hit us up over on Twitter and let us know how we can get that back. We're in a, a spin about Instagram here. We've no idea. Who does Anthony have to sleep with to get that sorted out? <laughs> So Dermot McSweeney, the co-founder of Gym Plus Coffee, was on the Founder Series this Tuesday. My plan is to roll maybe 10 episodes of the Founder Series out as a little bit of an experiment. And yeah, we'll play it from here from there. I've no plans beyond that one. I've recorded about half the episodes already. So if there's other cool founders you think will be worth chatting with, let me know as well. But Dermot McSweeney is a fascinating story because Gym Plus Coffee is an apparel brand, which has really got a lot of market share in Ireland and the UK. And even the name Gym Plus Coffee, they own neither gym nor sell coffee. So it's a strange name. And if you listen to the podcast, it's all about community and the challenges the community faces. The World Health Organization, this was a mad hot take from Dermot. The World Health Organization listed two causes of concern for mortality rates going forward in the next hundred years. And they are obesity and loneliness as the two main causes of concern. So Gym Plus Coffee, along with another of other brands, are trying to address both of those. Yeah, and in the interview, he, he chats about how if we can tackle the loneliness part, you know, making more community, more tribe around exercise, that we can, you know, try and fight against that a bit. And it's very interesting to hear from where he came, he lived in Australia for a few years and how different the lifestyle and culture is in Australia to Ireland and the UK. We have a, you know, I guess not to kind of go with the old tropes and stereotypes. We have more of a drinking culture, less exercise. You know, the guys don't kind of go to yoga. That's changing. It is changing. And um, Jim Plus Coffee are doing a brilliant job of making exercise more fun, more amenable and kind of creating these tribes. It's just brilliant. And speaking about tribes... The group spin, Anthony. Yeah, group spin uh, on Saturdays. Before we jump on that, I'm not sure why when you talk about a product that always sounds like an ad, <laughs> I always secretly think they're sitting the new Gee, swag under no. the table. <laughs> I don't think I own any Gym Plus Coffee stuff, to be honest. I just really, really love the the interviews and I just find, get really into it. And when these people are so passionate about their businesses, it can't but 
like rub off on me. So, <laughs> Well, our answer to the community loneliness thing is our group spin on Saturdays, mm-hmm. which is brilliant. We don't talk about it that much and I've never done a full podcast on the group spin, but I am going to miss it this week. I love the group spin. It's my favorite ride of the week. And I, yeah, it's just fun. It's an easy, chilled out three hours. So if anyone is near Clontarf, please come along. Tomorrow morning, we roll from 9.30 a.m. at 360 Cycles on the Clontarf Road. And it's about three hours, quite leisurely. Leisurely, try that one again. Mm. New people uh, turning up most weeks and a coffee halfway. Yeah, if you have any questions about that, you know, you're kind of worried about the pace or the route or where we're meeting, pop me an email to sarah at roadmancycling.com. Plus, please keep sending in your questions for newbie questions um, I love to see them and this week we have such a variety do you want to crack into them Anthony yep, go, okay hi Anthony and Sarah I want to commit to doing an Everesting challenge this year I'm based in Colorado and have loads of options for hills do you think it best to do it on a steep shorter climb or a longer less intense climb that's a good question. We'll, we'll quickly run through what an Everesting challenge is because we've seen a real rise in popularity of these, haven't we? I mean, we've had a good few clients, even on the coaching side of things, do Everesting um, over the last year and they've absolutely loved it. I know one of the guys that you're friendly with over in Girona, he's doing the one Everest challenge a week. He's doing one million, uh, Jack Ultra, I've had him on the podcast, he's doing yeah. one million vertical kilometres in 2022. So he's coming to the end of that. And as a part of that, he's had to do an Everest every week. But we've had quite a good link with Everest on the podcast. We've had uh, Connor Griffin as one of our uh, clients is on the podcast. If you search Connor Griffin, it's a hilarious podcast, him talking about the working man's Everest. And I've had a teammate of mine, Ronan McLaughlin, who is the current holder of the Everest record on the podcast, talking about his quest for marginal gains and choosing the right hill. It's a fascinating interview as well. But we're checking out. Yeah, so the premise of an Everesting basically is that you have to cycle a total elevation gain of the the height of Everest. So it's 8,848 metres. That's just over 29,000 feet. You have to follow one route on one hill. So you can't pick two hills and go up one, down one, up one, down one. And so you have to use the same hill to descend down as well. You can't sleep. So you have to do it in one stint. Now you can... And all of your breaks, so if you stop to eat, that's all included in your time. So a lot of people just eat on the go. And you have to reach the summit of the hill every time. So you can't just go halfway up the climb and then down and then three quarters way up the climb. And there's no time limit to this. I think the average is between 20 and 24 hours for an average kind of rider. So that's what an Everesting is. And do you want to tackle the question? Yeah, so his question is, uh, do you think it's best to do it on a steep, shorter climb or a longer, less intense climb? I would say, to, to zoom out straight away, Colorado's maybe not the best place to do an Everest. It's at altitude and you're going to have a dip in power at altitude compared to sea level. So maybe get a climb closer to sea level, which is going to give you more chance if you're going for it. The nuances of exactly what make a good Everest climb, I don't know. Ronan talks about them at length in the podcast. Uh, air pressure matters. The, you, you're going down the same hill every single time. So you don't want to have a climb with corners on it, preferably. So you can just get into your super tuck on the way down, rail the descent, eat on the way down. You don't want to have to think about a technical descent, braking, getting on the power, getting off the power. You also don't want to have to pedal. So you want it steep enough that you don't have to pedal. So it's my understanding that a hill over 10% is an ideal length hill. Uh, so Ronald McLaughlin set the record on a climb in Ireland called Mamore Gap. 
in Donegal. So it's worth digging into that climb and more gap and having a look at the characteristics of that climb and exactly what made that a record-breaking climb because Ronan just out-researched some of the other competitors he went against. So some really good riders, uh, Alberto Contador had the record, but those guys went out and they just kind of whacked it when Ronan looked to optimise for the entire experience. Definitely worth checking out that podcast and doing a deep dive analysis on Memora Gap and the characteristics of that climb before you tackle it. Yeah, find something similar. Or you could come over to Donegal and uh, give that one a whack. Bring your raincoat. Um, <laughs> bring your raincoat, exactly. Okay, question number two. Sarah, I really enjoyed your podcast on Ineos Grenadiers. For anyone who missed it, I did a profile of the team on Saturday. And this listener says, I share a lot of opinions with you on how they're basically robots on bikes. And I agree with you that the ethos of marginal gains is incredible. My question for a normal rider I ride about 10 to 12 hours per week and focus on big days out of endurance like me work at 312. My question is, what are Anthony's top three or four areas he would focus on for marginal gains now that I'm at the right weight and fitness and want to bring myself up a level? That's a hard question to get three or four marginal gains. He's riding a lot, 10 to 12 hours a week. Uh, He's riding a lot, well capable of racing. two or three marginal gains. Aero matters a lot. So I would look at aero stuff. There's cheap aero things you can do. Uh, Fast helmet versus like casks utopia and specialized evade, I think are two of the fastest helmets out there. They're no more expensive than other helmets that aren't as aerodynamic, but are going to save you quite a lot of what aero sucks as much as it kind of pains me. There's a lot of gains to be made in aero sucks from a traditional standard cotton sock to an aero sock it can be 10 to 12 watts difference which is absolutely huge so they're worth checking out as well i interviewed last week someone on the podcast called michael brant he's the founder of hvmn ketones ketones is an area that is really interesting at the moment almost every pro i have on the podcast off air they're talking about ketones. They're talking about some teams are using them, some teams aren't allowed to use them. But everyone's fascinated by them. The research in them is a lot behind closed doors. Are they the key that are separating Roglic, Pogaccia, Vindegaard from the rest of the peloton? I honestly don't know. The research isn't strong enough. The published research isn't strong enough to show that and to jump to that conclusion. But I do know behind the scenes, they're a huge topic of discussion. So that is something I would look to as well for a marginal gain, at least to experiment with it. I know I'm planning on experimenting with it. So we have helmets, we have shoes, we have ketones. I think the other ones aren't so marginal gains like sleep, making sure you're optimizing for sleep, like eight hours a night. Matt Walker has a brilliant book called Why We Sleep. And I think if you read that, you'll never sleep less than eight hours again and also interspersing naps as well into that. I had Cristiano Ronaldo, sleep doctor on the podcast a while back, Nick Little-Hales. And that was a fascinating insight for me and uh, one that I neglected for a long time, but sure didn't after that. So yeah, that's a, that was a beefy question. Yeah, it's an interesting question, isn't it? I think the whole thing about marginal gains is that you do absolutely everything 1% better across the board, which is hard to do to improve everything. So focusing on those maybe top three or four, and then once you have those pinned, moving on to something else. Anthony, question number three. 
with weather being so unpredictable these days... Jeez, I, you love talking about the weather. <laughs> this is the question <laughs> in. <laughs> with it being so unpredictable these days, I have a question about group riding and taking layers off. It's raining one minute, then sunny, so a lot of the guys in my group spin will take off their jackets on the move, which is terrifying. These guys can't navigate their bikes when holding onto the handlebars in most cases, never mind hands-free. <laughs> Say how you really feel while taking a jacket off. What is the etiquette here? Also, if people are stopping along the way to safely take their jacket off, should the group stop and wait? Seems like there could be a lot of stopping and starting. Yeah, I don't know where these suicide guys are getting the confidence to take off their jackets if they're struggling to navigate their bike when their hands are on the bars. That is not as terrifying for you as it is for them. But sure, they probably think they're great bike handlers. That's the problem. They don't have any awareness around it. Oh, you need a quite advanced level of confidence to take your hands off the bars and take a jacket off. So We know guys who are super confident in doing things like that. and They definitely shouldn't be, you know? I think if you're, someone has taken a jacket off, you should move either to the side of the group or to the back of the group. So that way you crash, you're only bringing yourself down. That's kind of uh, Darwin's way of just weaning out these bad bike handlers from the group. We have a few like that who Darwin's trying to wean them out at the moment. They're just hitting the deck with consistency. Uh, but yeah, move to the back of the group. The group, should they stop every time you get hot or cold? No, I don't think so. I don't think the group is going to be stopping to moderate your core temperature. Uh, it's a big ask, but you could plan ahead and say you're going to wear the jacket until... I almost always put a rain jacket on at the coffee stop, even if it's not raining. But I know uh, at what junction I'm going to take that off at. So even if it's very windy and I don't feel like tempting a Chris Froome and trying to take my jacket off on the go... There's a junction where I'll stop and take it off at the junction and I feel confident enough that I can catch back up. Or if there's a red light, it's an easy place to take it off. There's nothing as bad as that feeling of your temperature rising and rising. It's like you're just cooking away in your rain jacket. And this, for me, this kind of panic sets in that I know I can't take it off on the move. If I stop, everyone's going to go on. I'm never going to get back on again. So it's just this kind of constant narrative in my head about what am I going to do? I'm, I'm roasting here. And it's I'm probably like, 22 30 watts harder to ride it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I feel this guy's pain, but um, yeah, I, I, I would just stop. And if I saw anybody taking their jacket off in the middle of the group, I would say to them. Oh, you don't want to mess with Sarah. No. Anthony, this is a great one for me. We know in this house that I love a good bun bag. Now, I'm not sure if everyone's familiar with that terminology, but a bun bag is essentially a fanny pack for our friends in the US. You have a backpack for the bike. That's kind of a hydration system. Yeah, I wore one for the chamois time tour this year with Aaron. Okay, well now, and we do see these on the on the dudes out on the trails, waste packs or these bun bags, as I call them, are becoming more and more popular and they do look pretty cool and they, they're massive. They hold a lot of equipment. So if you don't want to put loads of luggage on your bike, if you don't want to do the backpack, you can get this kind of waist pack or hip pack, they're also called. I think they're pretty cool. Now, we all know the brand Camelback. Again, this isn't sponsored, Anthony, before you start pulling me up on my tone here, but they've just released 
a really cool one. It looks awesome. It's called the Mule 5. <laughs> and Mule stands for Medium to Ultra Long Endeavours. They can make an acronym out of anything. If you're, if you're <laughs> creative enough, you can make an acronym for anything. So they say this bag is made for big days where you need extra storage. It's 3.5 litres of gear capacity and one and a half litre of with a water reservoir in it. And it has two straps on either side that you can push water bottles into. So loads and loads of storage there. And this particular one will set you back 90 quid. What do you think? I like it. I'd like to ride with it though and see how obstructive it is when you're pedaling. Because mm. it could annoy me. The back pack isn't that bad. For uh, all the listeners there will uh, appreciate my sacrifice here. I had to carry my Camelback backpack with microphone and laptop across the Pyrenees <laughs> to bring this daily podcast. So I've literally sweated. Playing the smallest violin in the world here for you again to go across the Pyrenees. <laughs> <laughs> we're but, back tomorrow for, or do you have something else you wanted to say there, sir? And I cut you off? No, it's fine. Uh, we're back tomorrow for another edition of Sarah's solo cast. And then I will be returning on Monday. Roman, ride safe. Enjoy your weekend and chat soon. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Have you ever wondered how good you could actually be? Each of us has a unique set of circumstances with work, family and social obligations, but we also want to fulfill our potential in cycling. Okay, okay, maybe you won't ever win the Tour de France, but for most of us, this is what cycling is about. So let us build you the perfect training plan around your lifestyle that's totally unique to you and will help you finally realize your cycling dreams. So whether you're just getting started on the bike or if you're a more seasoned cyclist, we have a suitable coach for you. So why not schedule a call with us and we can have a chat about how we can help you go further than you ever dreamed of in your cycling and fitness goals. Go to roadmancycling.com forward slash contact or pop me an email directly to sarah at roadmancycling.com.